Welcome to the Purpose Project XXI podcast, the podcast designed to help men live purposeful, impactful, and fulfilled lives. This is your host and founder of Purpose Project XXI, Ozzy Ortiz. Leonard Nasca, or Lenny, received a master's degree in social work from ASU. Lenny is a licensed clinical social worker through the Arizona Board of Behavioral Health Examiners, and he is a member of the National Association of Social Workers. Lenny has worked in the behavioral health field since 1996. His areas of specialization include managing anger, stress and anxiety, trauma, relationship interpersonal dynamics, conflict resolution, and male development issues. He has previously worked in the field of victim advocacy and currently has a practice in Tempe, directive counseling. Leonard also facilitates People Help, a lay counseling group with over 30 volunteers, which provides free counseling to Tempe and the surrounding communities. And he is also a personal friend of mine. I like having smart friends. <laughs> For today's two-part conversation, we're going to dive into our thought life, how our thoughts ultimately affect our own success, relationships, and overall health. But more importantly, how we can start taking control. Scratch that. How we start taking responsibility for our own thought life and ultimately our lives. Here is part two of my conversation with Lenny Nasca. Fact that. And so let, let's, let's get real practical. There's some, some young men out there who grew up in an abusive home. And whether that's physical or verbal abuse, they've been told that they're stupid, they're worthless, that they're trash, whatever, that uh, they're not going to mount. Or maybe they never heard anything because they were just abandoned. Their dad was out of the picture. Uh, mom's out of the picture because he's having to work. And so they received no kind of affirmation at all, no counsel, no instruction. So they're kind of left to their own. And so they're left to imagine what life could be. And so this becomes kind of their now cognitive bias so they see everything through this lens of whether abuse or neglect or t- being torn down uh and so now they have to work through that so what where do where does a guy like that go i mean where where does he start i mean there's lots of ways to answer that i mean obviously the first thoughtful thing to say about something like that is tremendously difficult the more roadblocks are in front of you the more you know the less continuity that you have right the less structure that you mm-hmm. have I mean, there's no lie around that. It's going to be much harder to be able to reframe yourself and 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 become successful with all those roadblocks. Again, it's the individual. That's why you can't say you know that everybody who has a background that's difficult is going to end up in a bad place because the variables change for everybody, and it could be subtle stuff. It could be subtle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody might be highly intelligent or successful at playing music or playing a sport. And they might have that same negative background, but that one positive trait that they're able to hold on to gives them something to build on. Let's not forget faith. I mean, faith does play a part in this. To have a relationship with God eliminates the idea that you are alone. Mm. Now, not everybody has a belief system in that or has been provided an opportunity to have that belief system, but you can. And so the idea that, you know, that... that so So one of the things I was thinking about as we were talking about this topic was... You know, why don't men talk more or why don't men mm. share more? You know, the, the, what comes to mind when I think about that is it's men typically have, there's a default in us because we socialize physically and intellectually to be our own, you know, our own kings. You know, we, 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 we make a plan and we follow through on it, whether it's negative or not. Right. 
and we believe in our ability to do that thing, and we don't necessarily... That's why we don't ask for directions in the car, you know, right? right? That's common, mm-hmm. the joke, right? This idea that if I'm if I'm able to do it, then I then I don't need to to process that with anybody. Mm-hmm. And and let's say you and let's say you happen to do have a faith and you believe in God and you have a relationship with God, you might use that as a, as another mechanism. To say, well, I am a believer, so I really don't need anything else to be in the way of that. Right. I know what God's telling me to do. Well, here's my issue on that, and this is all I say. Certainly, it's better to have, a, 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 if you have a God relationship, I, I think that is it, it does make it a little bit easier to navigate the difficulties of life. But if you don't, you can still navigate. Here's mm-hmm. the issue. We believe in faith that if you are not invoking God into a conversation, that the enemy has an opportunity to have a conversation with you. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. people think when they're in their own head, when they're in their own thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, when they have that event take place and they have the perception of it and they end up behaving badly, Mm, they right. end up emoting badly. There's anger right. with men, right? We talk about that another time, but anger has a very powerful purpose when it comes to men, and it can be deceptive. But this idea that you would be independently able to navigate every problem that comes to you, therefore I'm not going to share it with someone else. I would say this to that. Uh, in, in, in a faith-based community, there's a thing called iron sharpening iron. But mm. let's say you don't have that. You can still do it. When you sit down with another guy... And usually if it's a deeper type topic, it's better to talk to a fellow about it because you're not going to be influenced or distracted by a female, mm-hmm. right? There's a whole That's a whole other sure. topic for yeah. another day. Yeah. But if you're with a guy, you can sharpen each other, even if it's not biblically based, by simply having a conversation. Because so you may have an idea, right? Oz, you have an idea and, you're, and you believe in this idea. I'm not going to come in to tell you different. But if you process it with me and we have an open conversation about it, again, I might build you up. I might reinforce it. I might give you a different perspective. So it, the idea is, is that you're getting outside of your head. You already know what you think. You already know what you intend. There's no challenge there. So left to your own device, it's very difficult to get outside of your own, right. what you've already, your bias, you said. Right. You're already there. Having someone else to talk to as a, as a man is a way to process information you may still do what you were going to do before, but there's one thing that's significantly different. You've said it out loud. Mm. So it's a lot like visualization in that you have said it out loud before you've actually had to behave it. Mm. And so maybe, maybe you avoid a negative consequence because you've actually said it out loud and processed it right. before you end up on the other end of, well, I already did that, now what? Verbalizing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So at a minimum, talking about stuff that's challenging to us becomes important. And can I can I say something about the emotion since I'm on this? The issue with the emotions is this. You need them at some point in your developmental, you know, lifespan. And here's why. Here's the two most primary reasons and and some guys out there that are listening are probably not going to like this, but <laughs> here's the reality. If you're going to have any semblance of a relationship, if you're going to have any semblance of a future, if you're even considering marriage or children, you need an emotional content for your wife mm. and for your daughter. Mm. So whether you have a wife or daughter yet, but there's some chance that you might, you have to have emotional content because you will not be able to be in their space unless you can do that. And let me say this about that, because I want you to understand why I'm saying that. Men, we grow up, Again, physical and intellectual. So we have a very, very in, in, ingrained visual stimulus. Women, again, generally speaking, there's a there's a need for validation. 
young people are very simplistic. And and when I talked to you at the very end of this whole journey, because Oz gave me a little heads up and let me know that I, I need a connecting message for all of you, and, and, and I will segue to that at the very end, but let me just premise it with this. To connect to a daughter as a father is to be able to allow her space to communicate how she's experiencing something. Remember, when, when we have the event, that's the same regardless of you're male or female. The event is the event. Your perceptions of the event dictate how you're going to feel and behave. And females, generally speaking, when they're developing, they develop through context. There's an emotional context to everything that happens around them. Whereas with men, it's who am I stronger than, who am I smarter than, and that's how we pick teams. Right. With women, it's who was there and what were they thinking and how did they feel? There's a different way of context. Why do I say all this? Because as a man, I'm probably going to have a responsibility at some point in my life, either to a partner or mm-hmm. to a partner and a daughter if I have a daughter. Cannot speak to them the same way you speak to the guys. So true. You so cannot true. speak to them the same way you speak to coworkers. Right. So if anything, the reason why you would develop this idea, this idea of being able to have some emotional content at some point in your life is because of those relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a pretty good motivator Absolutely. for most people. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's why I throw that out there. I know it's kind of, you know, there's, there's a lot there, but sure. if you can follow me on that pathway, there's a, there's a real good reason why you want to expand beyond the basics when it comes to how do I have conversation with people and can I be a little bit more vulnerable and and I'm probably going to have to work at that mm. because I'm going to have to undo maybe the connection that I was taught, like you said, as a younger person. Don't think this way. Don't feel this way. You're a man. Mm-hmm. We don't cry. We don't talk about this kind of stuff. You may have to overcome that variable. Right. Because if you want a future mm. with a young lady or if you happen to already have all of that, if you have a daughter... Boy, there's a motivation. There's a necessity to have that. Oh gosh, yeah. And I can speak definitely as a as a husband and as a father to daughters, just how much that takes intentionality because it does not come natural. It does not come natural to me. And then this kind of ties into also our environment and and what has been modeled to us. Uh, I am obviously uh, from Hispanic descent. My parents are Mexican, and in that culture, not to generalize, but uh, typically, the mom raises a family and the father ra- uh, works and provides. And that's basically how it works. Pretty simple. Uh, but with that, that means the father typically tends to be a little bit disengaged and passive. Now, that was something that I had to fight against in my own marriage and in my own fatherhood. Uh, and, and it takes intentionality and it takes work because, once again, I had to overcome those thoughts. But I also had to have a truth statement in that, recognizing that, hey, passivity is not healthy and it's not good for marriage and it's not good for a parent-child relationship. So I have to make this right. As much as it's easier for me to just be passive and to stand by and and just be simply a provider, I recognize that that was not the best way to raise a family. So I had to have a, a truth statement there that would correct me. Uh, but there's men out there who don't have that truth statement. They don't know, well, what is right? What is wrong? What, what should I be doing? And where do they turn for some, some things like that if they don't have a father in the, in the home? They haven't had that model to them. They, maybe they don't have anyone who sh- has shown them what, what a, a man is like, what a father is, what a, how to husband their wives. 
what do they turn to to those things? And and that's something that we at Purpose Projects want to be that pro, that resource for you young men, and for all men for that matter. Is is if you didn't have that model to you, you didn't have that exemplified to you as a child, and you don't know what that looks like. Let us be a resource to you. Let us know how we can resource you. And that's why I have Lenny here with us because there's the things that we're talking about here are things you don't hear. The things we don't typically sit around the, the dinner table and talk about with your, your family, your parents, or your siblings, uh, but they're so crucial to our health, not just mental health, but just our overall health and our future and make sure that we're living fulfilled lives. And that's what we want for you. That's what I want for you. So Lenny, why don't we, we give these young men some some hope some practical steps that we can walk away with as we move forward. We've talked a lot about just how our environment and how just our biology plays into the way we think and the way we behave. But that's not the end of the story. Uh, I, I want to believe that there is there is a way that we can overcome, that we're not just victims and that we have to continue to be victims to our own biology to victims to our own upbringing but there is a way that we can overcome so how can we practically live out guarding our thoughts and really having a healthy mind i mean there's two ways for me to answer that right um i'm you know i'm i i'm a christian and i believe god has purpose in our lives i mean i can't answer this question without throwing that out there if if you have a relationship if you develop a relationship with god with jesus through through that relationship, what ends up happening is you have access to information that surpasses the difficulty and the pain of what we experience um, in the flesh. So if if I say that's the easy answer, but of course not everybody has that, has been exposed to that, and I wouldn't presume that. I wouldn't presume that everybody. Uh, I was twenty twenty eight years old when I, you know, that I had that opening of my mind and my heart. the The issue here becomes this. The hardest part, I believe, the hardest part for men is because the way society sets us up is to be in control. The way society sets us up is to be stoic and to and to push through things that are painful without expressing what we're experiencing. And I, and I, I really think the, the shame of it is is that for most men, and this is what we see with the data, it's like when you, when you talked about suicidality, you know, the reason why the rates are so high for men is the lethality is high. Mm. See, we're purposeful. Mm. So we don't fake it. So if if the reason the reason the suicide numbers are so high is because, like you said, firearms, the lethality of how we choose to go is why we're so successful mm. at it. I mean, in other words, it's the control. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. Mm. We're not faking it with a, with a cut that's not going to work or taking a an, a pill that's really just going to make us sick. And not, and and I say that not to make light of it. I say that to it speaks to the the the, the driven capacity that men have you know uh, you go all the way back to, to being the hunter instead of the mm-hmm. gatherer the idea was that there was a risk involved in being able to survive and then as that risk changed and more things were available to us we still have this instinctive ability to you know to want to be the, the purveyors of our own journey and the hardest thing to do is to give that control up mm-hmm. whether it be to god or just to be vulnerable mm-hmm. And my recommendation, the, the way I go about this, when I counsel you know men or if I counsel couples, the biggest thing that I see a lot of the times is the communication issue that's taking place is there's this false sense of that if if I'm not cutting it, you know, to use that, mm-hmm. if I'm not cutting it as a man, then I'm just going to try harder. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand why you're struggling. You're just you're just toasting the same piece of bread, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, <laughs> at some point right. that bread runs out of right. capacity to burn, mm. and you and you burn, and you're just burnt. And, and and I would say when you start to feel the pain, and you don't have the words to talk about it, that's that opportunity. That's the opportunity to not numb it mm. through work, through exercise, which mm-hmm. are two of our go-tos, right? right? Let me just mention this because this will make more sense. I use an acronym in, in, in what I do called PIES, physical, mm-hmm. intellectual, emotional, spiritual, which is the four parts of who we are. It's like it's like the guy who works out, but he doesn't do legs, mm, right? Right. right. He, he's upper body, he's he's ripped, and his legs look like toothpicks, right? We can all relate to that. Don't be talking about me. Like yeah, that, exactly. Right? So the issue is is that is that it, we get stuck in. Well, I'll go. I'll go get. I'll physically work myself out. It's only one fourth of what makes us up, right? We work that to the. We work that out intellectually. I'll I'll get smarter on something. We work those. We work fifty percent of who we are. We forget the emotion and the spirit. Again, spirituality doesn't have to be belief in God. It can be art. It can be music. We don't express those ways. And we see women around us do it, mm. and we see the benefit of it, but we don't do it. And I'm saying that's the opportunity. I'm saying if you want an outlet, if you want to get outside of the narrow box, you ha- the pain that you're experiencing is real. Numbing it is temporary. Avoiding it is temporary. Right. Addressing it allows you to grow. Let's mm, go. Cool. That's the challenge. That's where the pain comes in, that emotional pain that you're feeling, but you don't have words because you haven't sharpened that brain muscle, right? You haven't exposed yourself to, how do I talk about being ashamed? How do I talk about feeling guilty? How do I talk about being embarrassed? Right. That's the work. Right. Now, you talk about finding the language. Let's get practical here. So... Obviously, men are not. We don't talk a lot. We we uh, we don't express ourselves that day. We don't process verbally, typically, generally. So, how can we grow in that area? Practice makes perfect. I mean, honestly, there is no magic to this. If you have someone you trust, and it might be your spouse, that's actually it's with the spouse is really the primary way that most men will open up. Once you decide that you love somebody. You give yourself permission to be more to that person. But we just don't understand what that actually means. It means you have to be emotional with them. It means you have to you have to be able to experience that. It's the greatest intimacy. Emotional intimacy is way higher than physical intimacy. It's not hard to unzip your pants. Right. It's very hard to cry. The, the emotional intimacy is far more growth developing in men in those relationships than than the physical. No, that's so it's, true. It's, so, so that's the practical. The practical is you have to practice. That's the practical. You actually have to practice talking to someone that is trustworthy to you. Maybe it's a mentor. So it could be a guy, an older, you know, a mentor, someone who you've worked with, someone who's who's been there for you professionally, educated you. You have to start practicing or you never you don't develop the, the, the you know, the muscle memory so right. to speak. You don't you don't develop the ability to access that stuff. But it is the greatest form of intimacy to be able to uh, read a book or watch a movie that touches your heart. I'm just going to throw it out there for me personally, it's the movie Up. Okay. Okay. I can't even get through the beginning montage because <laughs> right. what 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 you do when you when you relate through a movie or a book is you put yourself in the shoes of that. So mm. back in the day, the old if I if I use an old reference for anybody who's older, Old Yeller, right? Well, if you didn't have a dog, Old Yeller didn't impact you the same way. Right. Well, I have a wife, so when I watch the movie Up and his wife starts to suffer at the beginning of the film, and they take you through the timeline of their relationship, 
I'm a mess. Right. When she falls on the hill, and if you've seen the movie, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. She falls on the hill, and he picks her up. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm a mess. Right. Because what I'm relating to is the struggles that my wife has gone through, and I and I can mm. feel it in my own experience. But I didn't start there. Mm. I had to practice. I had right. to allow myself into the space to be able to listen to a different way of, and who who better to do that with than with my wife? Because I trusted her. I right. knew she wasn't going to walk all over me or you know try to hurt me. Um, and and so it took practice to develop an emotional content. Right. And that's I mean everybody said well that, I don't want to do that. Well okay don't. Yeah I think you're going to see that it's going to be much more difficult mm-hmm. if you're leaving off fifty percent of your existence and you just navigate life through your physical and your intellect. Right. So that's not that's not all who we are. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That and you're right as as far as and I can. And this is my myself, my from experience. Uh, before I learned how to express and talk, I would I would escape to either working out, running, uh, a sport, or some activity. Uh, and then I I got checked. I got checked one time by my youth pastor, and he used a verse that says the uh, the man who isolates himself rages against all wise counsel and seeks his own desire. And because he noticed that that trend in me, and it took him saying that to snap me out and say, oh, oh, wait, I didn't realize that was my natural default until somebody pointed it out to me. Be willing to be checked, gentlemen. If there's someone in your life who, who has challenged you, who has pointed something out to you that is unhealthy, yeah, you're going to be offended. Yeah, you're going to get upset. Yeah, you're probably going to want to punch him in the face. But after that feeling is gone, consider what they're saying to you because it's most more than likely for your own good and for your health. And like Lenny has said, find someone who you can trust, who you can be vulnerable with. And that's that's one of our principles too is to build those trusting friendships. And it's building. It's intentionality. It doesn't always come natural to us. And for me, I can speak for myself because it doesn't come natural because I'm I'm an introvert naturally. And so it's harder for me to develop relationships. And so, but it takes work. That takes work. It takes work to be vulnerable. It takes work to seek out friendships. And yeah, what comes natural is anger and humor. Mm-hmm. Those are the two outward emotions. That's why we access those faster. Right. Because socially they're acceptable and they're both outward. Mm. The inward stuff, the shame, the guilt, the sadness, all those other inward ones are actually for us to develop, right? Without guilt, we'd all be sociopaths, right? So all right. the emotions have purpose, but anger and, and humor, laughter, you know, joy, those are two outward emotions that we, we give because so, socially, because they're outward, everybody has more experience with them. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you think that is? Because, again, repetition. You've experienced them more often. You know how to deal with them. You know, we, we have a common stock of knowledge inside our head, which allows us to relate to things as they're happening. So we have more access to anger and joy because those are expressed more often in public form and with each other. Right. The other emotions are not. Right. Right. Only in special circumstances. Right. So, gentlemen, I, I definitely encourage you. Um, find someone you can trust. Find someone you can be confide in and be real with. If it is. If you're married, and let that be your wife. If you're not, find a counselor, a pastor, a friend, an older friend who can really give you solid advice. Don't go just to your peers. Many times that's just the blind leading the blind. Go to someone who's been through some stuff, who has seen some things, who can perhaps 
help you navigate the pitfalls. Don't isolate yourself. I know that's easy to do. It's easy to kind of get on your own thinking that you're processing through it and that that's what you need to do. But many times it's in that in that processing, what we call processing, that we're actually furthering those that negative thought pattern. Think about the things you're thinking about. Think about the words that you're using for yourself in the situation and begin to change some of those statements. So whereas Lenny talked about, if, if the word and well, the message you're continuing to give yourself is, I'm, I'm stupid, I'm never going to be free, I'm worthless, I'm a victim of my environment, I wish somebody wouldn't have done this to me. And if that's the voice that you keep hearing, maybe it's time to change that voice. Maybe it's time to change the narrative. And you have the power to do that. So why not do it if you know that it's going to bring you to a healthier place? Once again, we're moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what are your strongest thoughts? Take inventory of that right now. Think about what is it that that is the strongest thoughts in your life, the things you're thinking the most about yourself, about your situation. And if it's not moving you towards a healthier place, it's not moving you towards your goals and where you want to be in life, maybe it's time to change the narrative. And let me just piggyback on that just really quick because it's the evidence that you're looking for, the reality-based testing, the stuff that's in your life already that you can look to that is a, an argument against that negative thought process. And it's not just an opposite thought. You know, it's not it's not a Pollyanna, mm. you know, I'm I'm nice and people like me kind of thing, you know. Uh, it's it's an actual challenge, so it's a, it's an argument against. You know, if you if you're saying that, you know, you're you're dumb or you're not smart enough, it's not just to say that you are smart. That's not going to work. What you're doing is you're looking for evidence that supports the idea that you're not. Graduated from high school. You have read a book. You have uh, created a song. You have, you know, taught somebody something. You know how to fix an engine. Whatever it is, it, it takes intelligence to do that. It's an, That's an evidence-based argument against this right. idea that you have no skill or no intelligence. So the opposite stuff doesn't work because you don't believe it. Mm. But if you find evidence that supports the new thought, you will have more apt to believe it and move forward with it, right? So that's part of the challenge that I'm talking about. It's that idea that I have evidence in my life that supports that I am different from what this narrative is trying to tell me. Yeah. Thank you so much for clarifying that because that, that is helpful. Yeah, we don't even believe ourselves if we just tell ourselves, oh, you're nice. If you just opposite, you <laughs> right. won't believe it. Yeah, That's such a good point because you're right. You're right. I think we've all tried that before. You have to, and that's that's solid stuff right there. So take that take that to heart, gentlemen. Uh, before we close out, Lenny, there, I know a lot of guys are thinking, okay, I have a responsibility. I have uh, the power to change my thinking, and uh, and I can do something about it. But at what point do we need to seek professional help? I mean, is there a definite like if it, at this point I I just need to seek professional help, and it's more than I can do on my own. The short answer, because again, you ask very complicated questions, which I appreciate, but the, <laughs> the short answer is this. The short answer is, is if something's prolonged, if you've experienced a particular uh, venue of thought for, for three to six months, and or if you've experienced you know the sadness thing, we talked a little bit about depression just briefly, but you know isolation is a component of depression. Um, depression has to be behaved out of, and maybe mm. that's topic for another day. But we, if you have something that's pervasive, you have something that is prolonged. Anytime you have something like that, it's usually you know a red flag that hey maybe I need to take more time on mm. this. Something that is disruptive past the event, right? The event takes place. It's normal to have a reaction to it. And 
once the event has dissipated, time has separated you from the event, and you still are you're still feeling the effects of it. That's a consideration to say, hey, maybe this is bigger than maybe I need to go talk to somebody, not just somebody, but maybe someone professionally that can process it through. That's you know that's the whole thing about about counseling. It's gotten a bad name, and and mm. and but. When a man goes into counseling, you don't go into counseling and weep on a couch. You don't go into counseling and 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 have to defend yourself. The idea is is to process through what's happening because it's bigger than just the event. And and I think that a lot of times people are really shocked and surprised, especially when I have fellows mm-hmm. with me in session. They're sh- they're always shocked. They're like, "This is not what I thought it was going to be." Mm-hmm. It's not an advice giving session. You're not going to go into another guy and defer your power over to them. That's not what counseling is. The counselor does not take you in and say, do as I'm going to tell you to do. It's not what it's about. It's not about advice giving. It's about helping guide you through your own thought process. Mm. So you get to be the one that tells the story, and you get to be the one that solves it. Right. The counselor is there to help guide you through that process, not tell you what to do. So that's hopefully right. that's helpful. No, thank you so much, because I, I, I was going to ask that question or ask you to speak into that stigma that only weak-minded men seek out counseling and you just nailed it yeah. I mean, it's not about being weak-minded no nope. it's not about a sign of weakness or defeat it's like yo i recognize something in me and i need someone to help me navigate this you're bouncing ideas off of somebody it, it, the biggest thing to think about it is as difficult as emotions are you're having one that you're having difficult navigate. You get to talk to another another person. It doesn't have to be a guy. There can be mm-hmm. a female counselor or a male counselor, but they're not emotionally. They don't. They're not in your world. Mm-hmm. So there's an emotional, uh, essential, appropriate, normal right. disconnect. And so what you're doing is you're talking to somebody who isn't going through the pain with you. So they're able to help you. It's like it's like if you were in a puddle of mud, you don't want me in the mud with you to pick. You, I have to be out of the mud to pick you out of the mud. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want me in the mess with you. Right, of course. Because then I then then you're like, well, you're in the mess with me, you know? Yeah. And so the perspective is what you're really looking for, is that the person is not where you're at. And so hopefully what happens is as you're talking about it, they're able to bounce things with you, and it changes how you perceive it. That's you know that's what it's about. It's a, and, and, and I don't know if it's time for me to segue into my final thought. But yeah, why don't we go ahead and so, do that? My final thought is along the same perspective is to challenge. I think as, as fellas out there, challenge each other. As a message for men is to challenge each other. Don't let us do this thing where we allow ourselves to, to be at the base all the time. Challenge each other to be more than that. We don't always have to be in the gutter. And I don't mean like sexual I mean like just our thought process. It's okay for us to throw out ideas with each other. It's okay to challenge for us to want more. It's okay for us to to seek out more with each other. We're allowed to do that. If you see you you got a brother literally or spiritually or figuratively and you got a you got a brother sitting next to you and you can tell they're struggling, risk it. If you have any kind of relationship with them, not to tell them that they have to change, but just say, "Hey, listen, I I actually have noticed and I care." See what happens. That might be all it takes, but be be willing to challenge beyond the lowest common denominator. And, 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 and a lot of times, the this, this same concept with when it comes to men and women. I always tell women to demand more, and I always tell men to challenge each other. Don't allow the first instinct to be as far as you go. Don't allow it to be so simplistic as a man to say, what's the first thing that, it, that because we're visually stimulated, we see a pretty girl. Well, they're a dime a dozen. We think three out of four are pretty. 75% of the female population is pretty to us. That's not enough. 
challenge for more. Challenge to see what else is there. And with guys, do that with each other. You see a guy settling for something. Be there to be there to challenge. If it's spiritual, it's iron sharpening iron. Challenge each other. Hey, have you ever thought about this? You know what? I've seen you do this before. You can do this too, or you can do this better. It, it, whatever the challenge is, there's nothing wrong with with using the physicality and the intellect that we already like mm-hmm. as a way to challenge each other. And I think that's the that's the thing is don't settle for just the first instinct. Challenge beyond that. We're capable of more. We just don't always feel like we're in a position to say that. And I think that's the biggest challenge for guys. Challenge each other. There's nothing wrong with that. If You're not going to a stranger. I'm talking about somebody you know, right? Challenge each other to want more, to, to push a little bit harder. See, the athletes, it's one thing that they have is they do this already. And, 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 and for us folks that didn't necessarily excel in an athletic sport, we missed out on some of this stuff. Those of you out there listening who have been on a sports team, you know what I'm talking about. You push each other because you can, it can excel that way. Some guys like to be pushed physically. Some guys like to be pushed intellectually. But we, what we coaches, this is our whole game plan, is to figure out which guys I can push in which way. And athletics does open us up to that idea. That can't be the only route, okay? We can't sit there and say, well, I wasn't on a sports team. You can challenge each other regardless. Tools are the same. So that's the message. Challenge each other. Don't settle. I want to thank you for listening. I am truly grateful for you and for the gift of your time. I would like to ask you to do me a huge favor. If you have found this content valuable, will you please consider subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this podcast with others? This will help us grow our community and reach more men with this message. On a personal note, if we don't know each other, or if you have any ideas for future guests and or topics, please reach out to me. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at PurposeProjectXXI or by email at PurposeProjectXXI at gmail.com. So gentlemen, until next time, this is Ozzy Ortiz leading the way and challenging you to live with purpose, to make an impact and experience fulfilled lives. Love you.